What's going on, Jamsters? How we doing? What's this? A two thirty-three in the in the afternoon edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast? Well, yes. There's been a lot of news today around Kyrie Irving. Yes, Kyrie Irving has requested a trade out of Brooklyn, and obviously that yeah, that piques everyone's interest a little bit. And then you hear from Sham Sharania that the Lakers. The Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns are connected to the name Kyrie Irving. N- is it not the net that we wanted, Matthew, but the one we might get? <laughs> you know what? The first thing I thought about was there is no way that Kyrie's going to come here and KD doesn't. There's just no way. So if Kyrie comes here, I think they both come here. There's Jesus. Just, there's, yeah, because KD wants to be here with Book. Everybody wants to play with Book right now. But it's just it's impossible to see a future with the Suns, with Kyrie, and then you still have Chris Paul, and then you don't have KD. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't feel happy if we didn't have both of them. Kyrie, yes, I would want over Chris Paul. But it just makes sense if the Suns get both of these guys or something because, I mean, KD's been wanting to play here for forever, I feel like, since the offseason. And to see his buddy come here would just be would be such a disappointment to him. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't think about that. So – we need to explore that conversation, but I think what we should do yeah. is we should we should start by by simply talking a little bit about the options, what's going on, and then potential trade options. And, and for those of you who are listening to this, if you're watching again, thank you. Hit the thumbs up button. To those of you who are listening to this, you'll actually hear this as a part of tonight's postgame pod. So we'll actually scrape the audio of this. We'll release it with tonight's podcast following the Suns versus the Celtics. Uh, which is uh, on the East Coast. So, I mean, the Suns in live time are back East and, and they're hearing all of these rumors. So we'll start with Kyrie, the player himself. Uh, when, we, when, when you hear about Kyrie and you hear about him potentially being interested, not looking at any transactions that it would take to get him here yet, w- what are your first impressions, Matthew? I mean, obviously, you know, there's the flatter thing and, you know, obviously you don't want to condone any of the anti-Semitic uh, tones and things that he was suspended for earlier this season. He is an eccentric yeah. personality. He is a, an interesting human being. Um, but as a basketball player, his talent rivals few in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we saw firsthand with um, the game a couple of games ago where he was just ex- like he seriously was on fire in that fourth quarter, almost let it come back. Yeah. How good of a player he is. I mean, we've seen Booker do that before, but this guy has the handles, everything we need in a playmaker to run this offense. Um, I honestly, I'm focused on basketball. If you get too far into whatever these players do off the court, it gets messy. But even like off the court, these players, uh, Booker loves Kyrie. All these players love Kyrie. Like everyone knows that the players love him. Media doesn't. Um, obviously, there's reasons why. But a lot of people do think the whole locker room thing will be an issue. I just, I don't think it would be. Would he kill our franchise? Who knows? Because you never know what this guy might say, might do. It's kind of like the T.O. thing in a way. You know, T.O. was, you know, until he's on your on your team, you don't defend them, right? And That's you're like, oh, he's not that bad. And then, yeah. And then he's just kind of your team, your team has a chance to win a Super Bowl or to win a championship with these guys. But you just, you take that risk. And I just, I think that, Right now, I'm looking at just him as a basketball player and what he can do for this team. And he's a championship player for sure. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think him as a whole person. I just don't think he can come alone. But like, that, that's the first thing I thought about. So, what do you think? 
I, I'm with you when I when you take away all of the off court antics, and that's the challenge here. I mean, it's the whole package. It's what Bill Simmons has been talking about on the Bill Simmons podcast for quite some time. As you look at this team, that's currently 31 and 20, but they were four and six in their last 10. Since he's returned from his suspension, Kyrie Irving's been averaging 27.2 points per game. He's doing so on 49.5% from the field. He's doing so on 39.9% from beyond the arc. He can score on all three levels. He's a pure and utter basketball talent, but bringing it back to the Bill Simmons observation, how long until something happens with Kyrie? Now, it's, it's justifiable as to why Kyrie Irving is upset with Brooklyn. It's the reason why Kevin Durant was available in trade rumors this past summer. And that is the Brooklyn Nets did not extend him. He is a free agent at the end of this season. And because of because his buddy, his superstar cohort, wasn't allotted the same extension that he was or even close to it. So Kyrie Irving is out of, out of left field. Instead of just kind of putting his head down, and, and rocking it and, and trying to do his best in Brooklyn, potentially upping his value in this offseason, said, I want to go now. I want to be traded before February 9th. So it puts the Phoenix Suns in a very unique position because we are one of those few teams that not only can provide the Brooklyn Nets with a transaction that's acceptable, we can provide them with a transaction that is mutually beneficial, if you will. And I think that that's where we have a very unique situation relative to the other two teams that are mentioned. That's the Lakers and the Mavericks. So the, the, the question I have for you at this point, Matthew, is we both agree that we would like Kyrie as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the Suns Jam Session podcast, taking out of account all of the crap that is Kyrie off of the, of the court, on the court, yes, I want him as a member of the Phoenix Suns. The question then becomes, at what cost, Matthew? At what cost do the Phoenix Suns provide to the Brooklyn Nets? What kind of compensation do they provide knowing that the Nets don't have a lot of leverage in the situation and we only get half a season of Kyrie? Oh, so the best thing about all this is that we will always have Booker, um, which is awesome. So keep that in the back of your mind. That just keeps me kind of relaxed. Um I would trade anybody on this team for anybody that's going to help us win a championship other than Booker. I mean, Booker's the one guy you want to keep. Kyrie, I would if if it was just Kyrie, it would have to be, of course, are you talking about players? Like, what players would we have to give up? Players and picks. I don't know. This one hurts, but honestly, like, even, like, when James Jones was talking to us, like, you can just tell he's all business. This doesn't matter – the stuff with Jay Crowder, who was the Suns fan favorite, that was that was one that really stunned us all. We really thought that this whole team had that chemistry, but he even brought it up too. He doesn't care about the the camaraderie, the chemistry, and the camaraderie, whatever. He doesn't care about that. He just this team needs to get better. And if Chris Paul is replaced by Kyrie, this team gets better. It just automatically does. And I feel like even if Kyrie is traded, KD will be traded too because KD is not going to be there. But if Katie does want to stick around in Brooklyn, I think a piece like Chris Paul would have to come back. So I think it's gonna it's gonna cost us a Chris Paul and maybe a wing or Chris Paul and some picks. But it at least has to has to cost us Chris Paul because it's not gonna be Aiden either, right? We still can't trade Aiden because of the 
the ex, the um, the actual contracts between him and Ben Simmons. So that's not an option unless we get Ben Simmons back. So I'm thinking it's going to be at least Chris Paul back, man, because I can't see Chris Paul, Kyrie, and Booker on the same team. I just don't know how it's going to work unless Chris Paul takes a step back. But the contract itself, it's not going to work out, I don't think. So for those of you who are watching or listening, head over to brightsideofthesun.com. I posted a piece talking about Shams and this whole situation. I just finished it, just published it. And I have a couple of trade proposals in there. And I want to run a couple of these by you, Matthew, because I'm sure that you haven't read that yet because I just posted it. I posted it and then I texted you. I'm like, dude, emergency pod. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so the first one is the stacking of contracts. And this is the – you take Jay Crowder, who's already out the door. You take Dario Saric's contract. You take Cameron Johnson's contract. And you take – God, I had one other contract in there. Landry Shannon. You take those four players and you throw in like a first round pick or two for Kyrie. Now, obviously, the appeal there for the Nets is Cameron Johnson and it's the pick or two round, two first round picks because Landry, Sh- or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Jay Crowder and Darius Sarch, they're expiring. They're just like Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So I feel like you're giving up too much in that trade just because of pure assets. You'd have to fill in the rest of your roster. You'd be like, hey, Dwayne Washington, you come back, we'll actually pay you. Uh, yeah. And again, for 30 games of Kyrie, I don't know if it's worth it, worth it. The other one that I had was Jay Crowder and Chris Paul and maybe a pick in an effort to sweeten the pot for Brooklyn. Because let's face it, Brooklyn's not lining up to say, yeah, we want 37-year-old Chris Paul here. What do you think of those two options? Well, the second one's interesting. I I think that the Nets just don't have really any more options. I think they had an out really with KD before the season. And if, I mean, from the outside looking in, you're just talking, if you're thinking about, you know, KD wanting to get out, that was his opportunity to get out. The Nets just were like, no, we're going to keep you, whatever. You just, you have no leverage. And now Kyrie wants to leave. Now it's just like, okay, well, what the fuck do we want to do? All these guys want to leave, you know? Um, Crowder's a guy on our team that wants to leave and wants out of here. And now he doesn't really have any value. You know what I mean? Like that's the way it works. And I think the thing is with, uh, with Kyrie now saying he wants out, it's kind of like, well, what are we going to give you back? We're just going to kind of match contracts Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter what you want back. This guy wants out. And a lot of teams aren't going to give up a lot. Like I feel like we have, we have names, we have assets um, that other teams might not have, like the Dallas Mavericks or the Lakers. Like, who are the Lakers going to give up? They're not going to give up eight. Russell Westbrook, that's all they can but do. Who would you rather have, Chris Paul, who's looked good late, or Russell Westbrook, who just you can't know, you don't know if you can trust him with the ball, man. And and would you want Jay Crowder, who is a viable asset and could be yeah. somebody who can contribute to a team like the Brooklyn Nets, and that's exactly the role that he wants and a role that he could fill there is just that, the Jay Crowder role in Brooklyn. You know, and Long John Silver 85 in the chat, one of our elite jamsters. Again, thanks for joining. Thank you for being elite jamsters. He says, that won't work. They'll want McHale. To Matthew's point, it doesn't matter what they want necessarily at this point because they've lost that leverage. It's like, okay, you want McHale? Then you get nothing. You get nothing from us. You get the rest of the season with Kyrie. And then you get nothing in this offseason. That's the beauty of this. Yeah. Right? So Los Sun says, also, Brooklyn wants winning players. Insert Jay Crowder. Insert CP3. So, again, it's an interesting conversation. Now, it goes back to the conversation that you had and the other point of view on this whole thing. With Kyrie stating this, how does Kevin Durant feel? How does Kevin Durant feel knowing that his cohort in crime says, I want out of there? 
you mentioned it at the top of this quick little live stream. You said, hey, this is a team that, you know, might have the opportunity in the Phoenix Suns to perhaps get both. Now we're swinging big dicks here. Now we're throwing the McHales in there. We're throwing the Cam Johnson in there. We're throwing in the massive names plus stackable contracts in effort to get both. I just like the fact, and, and that's my favorite part of this whole aspect, Kyrie I would love to have on this team. But how long is it until we hear a reaction from Kevin Durant on this whole situation? How long is it until everything that Flex from Jersey was saying this past offseason starts to come true, Matthew? You know, it was patience. Um, I think even in the offseason when, you know, things were shut down right away, Flex is like, well, it's not over yet. And then, you know, going into the season when it wasn't going to happen and KD just kind of, you know, him and Kyrie both, well, Kyrie didn't really shut up, but they both just started the ball, right? I mean, KD would think like a player like him would keep talking and just saying, I want out of here. But no, he kept quiet and just kept playing basketball. And he played hard, maybe because he knows the situation. I think he has to know, or he has to know beforehand that, Kyrie's going to come out and say something like this is all pre-planned it has to be it's not like Kyrie they, they're both best buds right mm-hmm. they're both they're not I don't think Kyrie's the kind of guy who would do this to KD the only guy that would speak out for Kevin or for Kyrie Ky- KD, KD stands up for him a lot for in the media all the time no matter what he releases on social media he's like can we just play basketball that's what he does for this guy so I don't think Kyrie would do that to him I think this is a thing where Kevin tried before to get out, and I think Kyrie was part of that too. Whether or not he's going to go to the Lakers or the Mavericks or the Suns, or they both would come to the Suns, who knows? Now I think it's just Kyrie's turn. He's just like, now I want out of here. Katie's like, I already tried. Didn't work. Now you have to do something maybe, and this is the only way out. And that's the difference. Is Ky- uh, Kevin Durant didn't have a lot of leverage. He had just signed the extension for five years with the team. So my, while he wanted out, the Nets didn't have any reason to necessarily – provide him and grant him that option. Whereas Kyrie is right. I'm gone at the end of the season now. So you know that. And who knows if you keep me, who knows what you're going to get from Kyrie if you keep him. So you have to move on from that asset. The Phoenix Suns could be a team that benefits from that, whether it be directly by making a trade for Kyrie or whether it be indirectly because Kevin Durant now once, once again wants out and the Phoenix Suns who are probably already engaged with talks for Kyrie can open up that door to that Kevin Durant conversation once again. This is crazy. And I want to, I want to say too, the Nets, like, you know, you said like they want, they might want winning players to come back, but they had their chance. They had their thing. They had their run kind of like with Chris Paul here in Phoenix. Like he has his run. It's like a three year, four year max. If it doesn't work out, then it's the end of it. I know he's getting old, but there's always these runs teams try to go on with these players. Obviously it fell through with, with James Harden leaving. Then you get Ben Simmons back who is more frustrating than Aiden. So they've had their run. I don't understand why a lot of, a lot of, um, like fans or even like players probably don't think this, but why do fans think like, Oh, um, the Nets need something back to win now. You know what I mean? You didn't mention that earlier, but I just think like the Nets have their run, man. Like sometimes you just, you're not going to get back what you want. You have to restart. I mean, if KD and Kyrie both want out, this isn't like Jay Crowder wanting out. These are two superstars that want out of your franchise and they just want uh, to go somewhere else to win. So who's going to want to come there to win for a while. You got to restart. You're not going to get well, anything. Well, obviously what the Nets are going to do is they're going to do their best to try to maximize the return. And th- so that's what they're going to say. Yeah. We want winning players back. Of course they're going to say that. They're not going to be like, hey, listen, give us all your draft picks. And again, yeah. that's the that's the beautiful thing in all of this, Suns fans, is the Phoenix Suns are the only team in the NBA that control all of their draft picks, first and second rounders, 
for the foreseeable future. No other team has the flexibility relative to draft picks that the Suns do. Now, granted, if you're a championship contender, those aren't lottery picks necessarily. But when you look at the Lakers, the Lakers can't throw any picks in. New Orleans owns them all. You look at the Mavericks, they can't throw in their first-round pick. They're still paying off Kristaps Porzingis to the Knicks. So there's a lot of flexibility that the Phoenix Suns have. And if they sit there and be like, listen, we want to do three pick swaps for KD, whatever, we have more flexibility than a lot of these other teams do. We can sweeten the pot a lot better than a lot of teams do. So, again, this is something that we'll continue to monitor, continue to discuss. We'll be going live tonight. I think I'll just release this as a standalone podcast because we've gone like 16 minutes. I think it's a good little, hey, I'm driving home and maybe I'm listening to the game. It's a 530 game, but whatever. But we'll be going live tonight <laughs> following the Suns versus the Boston Celtics game. Suns Geek will be joining us. Flex yep. from Jersey will be on the show tomorrow following the Pistons game. So that'll be a good opportunity to hear his thoughts on what's going on with the Phoenix Suns as well as really? a, a trade deadline preview. Really quick, it's so funny because we got flex. You got flex to come on before this even happened. Yeah. And what's funny is like last time, like when he came on before the CP3 thing is happened, we just wanted him on for like draft talk. And also, CP3 is going to be traded to the Suns. You know, it's just funny how it works out. But we didn't do it because of the Kyrie. It was just because he wants to come on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We haven't had we haven't had our buddy buddy flex on a while, so we're like, hey, come on. So (laughs) now, now all this stuff's happening. So. Stay tuned, Suns fans. We appreciate you. Again, if you're watching this, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll see. We'll see you a little bit later today after the Suns take on those Boston Celtics. So see you then. Yep. See you.